Hey everybody, we're back with episode two of Under the Covers. Episode duh, right? Is that how they say it in French? Two? Uh, you're the foreign language expert. After <laughs> last episode I learned, so uh, sounds sounds about right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, French. I mean, Mindy says she, uh, she took French for four years, uh, but she was trying to talk to Scott one day because he's in school taking French, and she didn't know anything mm -hmm. he said. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice. I doubt that's, I, that's I, like me with German. I took a lot of German and uh you know still remember a few words, but just just words here and there. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I I tried to uh flirt with a German waitress once uh here in town a couple years ago and I was like, Oh yeah, I speak German and then she starts talking. I was like, All right, I backed myself into a corner here, that was wrong. <laughs> But, uh, nice. but you know it's funny when you when you hear people speak foreign languages don't they sound like they talk so fast do you think they say that about us probably except people in the south oh my gosh the south i don't want to alienate you know a whole no, market no, in this country there's... <laughs> <laughs> no there's nothing wrong with it i'm just saying you know yeah they, yeah, they speak like, a little slower not, I, I not work with, bad way. i work with people uh from italy and uh they have this bounce to their language where they're like da 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 sounds like a rhythm like the whole time and i i want to dance when they talk sometimes like just bouncing around i think that is a romance language so that would make sense i i thought french was is french a romance language bringing this full circle now french i mean back to france oh well what is a what is a romance language i I don't have the answer for that. Maybe something that just sounds pretty when you say it. I'm pretty sure German's not a romance language. No, because every time they talk, they sound like they're uh, screaming and yelling at you and spitting on you. <laughs> well, this has nothing to do with our conversation or our topic today. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Not, not that I can think of, at least. I mean, maybe Kurt Cobain <laughs> spoke some some French. I, I don't know what, he, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chris, is it Chris Novoselic? He sounds like he should be from a different country. He looks like he's from a different country. Yeah. Sweden. Going back to Sweden. By the way, I did look up. <laughs> there is no good food in in Sweden. No, not even their meatballs? Uh, that's borderline, but I don't know. I, 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 was, I was just basically looking at it on the plane the other day coming home, and <laughs> Swedish food sounds like it sucks. No wonder, yeah, it just sounds like everything about it sucks. Oh, that reminds me. I've been losing sleep over some stuff on the last episode. That was that was kind of part of it because I don't even think we brought up Swedish meatballs, just the fish, which I doubt are oh, actually yeah. from Sweden. But who knows? Maybe. <laughs> but uh, that whole Wonder Years conversation with, um, you know, Joe Cocker's version with a little help from my friends, I had said that uh, Bob Saget was the narrator. Oh yeah, and I think I, I may have been confused with because uh, I think he does "How I Met Your Mother." Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was actually Daniel Stern. Um, Daniel Stern, huh? Daniel Stern from uh, of uh, Wet Bandits fame. What? Um, or sticky, Wet? Yeah, Wet, Wet Bandits, and then they were the Sticky Bandits with Joe Pesci and uh, uh, Home Alone. Huh. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now I got it. Yeah, so well, that Daniel Stern. I see. I got it now. 
uh, see see how appropriate it's Christmas time right now, and we we bring up Home Alone. We are a topical podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did watch Home Alone uh, Friday night. Did you really? One of my favorite Christmas movies, probably one or two. Straight it's a good one. Christmas Vacation. So we watched uh, Christmas Vacation. We uh, were getting uh, ready for a party, uh, and I was making some food, and we put on uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, the the sledding scene uh is literally for some reason i get idiotic when it comes on there because i laugh so hard uh when he's like later dudes and then he just goes <laughs> zipping down there <laughs> i mean uh it's just the timing of that is hilarious to me uh and mindy and the kids were all like holy moly i've never seen nick laugh so hard and it's just i love that scene nice that's a good one that's that scene and then the scene from uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles when they go between the trucks, uh, that one there is crazy too with, with uh, Steve Martin and John Candy and when they get done and the steering wheel's like bent back and his other fingers are like <laughs> embedded in the dashboard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Well, uh, yeah, so this is our first podcast that's remote, which is which is new technology for us. How about that? Yeah. It's uh we're in breaking, different states. Breaking new ground here. <laughs> different <laughs> it states. Might be the first time it's ever happened. Yeah, oh my. I just a uh I just got a uh text message and it was super loud in my uh earphones here, so um yeah. sorry about that if you can hear that or not. <laughs> I didn't. So, I oh. think we're good. So, we uh undercovers podcast uh how this works is we uh we compare two songs uh a cover song or original version of a song uh we talk about it and and then we um listen to a cover version of that song and tell about what we like and what we don't like and then we compare them and uh then at the end we we independently uh reveal which one's our favorite and uh i i had some people asking about this like do we have to collectively agree on this? And and I was like, well, well, no. That's that's part of the conversation. Like, because <laughs> they, they were thinking like we had to like vote and then argue this out, and then there's gonna be a winner. And they're like, won't your brother not like really dig that if you're always having to try to hash this stuff out? And I'm like, no, this is just our opinions. I mean, we're not. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to fight about it. I mean, we can, but we don't need to. <laughs> Taking a little money out of your Christmas card. <laughs> We should, uh, I was thinking about that too. I know this is only episode two, but we should keep a running tally of where we stand. It's a good idea. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll have to do that, but. Um, I dig it. I dig but it. Yeah, so today, today we are going go to, we're going to talk about the song In Bloom by the band Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> And the uh, cover version we will talk about today is by Sturgill Simpson. I think that's a cool name, by the way. It is. It is a cool name. It 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 fits with his his genre of music. Like it just fits his vibe. His whole yeah, everything. Um, I have the vinyl up here behind me of Sturgill Simpson. That. And, I see um, that. It's a great album. Um, I have a couple of his albums, but uh, this one is uh, Sailor's Guide to to Earth. Yeah, and, you, you know it's funny. I uh, until we started, you know, putting the song that this was the one that we were going to do in Star Trek. I guess I never saw him like what he looks like. Uh, he looks like a normal dude. 
like a very yeah. normal guy. I mean, he's no, he, he doesn't look like, you know, Kurt Cobain, which just looks like a straight up rock star. Yeah. Looked. I, yeah. I guess looked. Yeah. I, you know, really all of, all of Nirvana does look like rock stars. They, they were certifiably unabashedly rock stars. Yeah. No, I agree completely. They, they, they fit the mold of that grunge rock star look for sure. Right. Right. Um, so Nirvana, uh, and in bloom. Yeah. Before we get oh, too far into me. the discussion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to call out our sponsor for today's episode. Oh, um, it is our today's episode of under the covers is brought to you by, uh, blossom flower seeds by Joey Lawrence. Our flowers will make you say, Whoa. <laughs> so we appreciate what? the sponsorship. <laughs> It's how much have you been drinking today? It's crazy. I mean, I've had a few cups of coffee. Oh, jeez. I have uh, no right food now. Yet, but I'm probably got a caffeine buzz. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting sponsors. I, is the checks coming to you? I'm assuming, and it goes into our joint bank account. Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's thirty cents. Thirty cents richer. <laughs> Uh, all um, right, so sorry to interrupt, but you know, no, I, I, I like get it. paid, so I have to. <laughs> got to get paid. See, we got to figure out how to monetize this thing, you know. So it's uh, it's good. So yeah, so Nirvana on the iconic album Nevermind. You know what year that came out? It's probably in your notes. What year it came out? The album, yeah. uh, nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one, and the single of In Bloom came out in nineteen ninety two. How about Correct. that? Actually, it came out in November on November thirtieth of nineteen ninety two. Look at you fact checking things. I am I am fact checking things, <laughs> and it was only released as a single in Europe, number twenty eight on the British singles chart. So it was only in Europe, mate, or nice. Swedish, Did whatever Swedish people say. I had read it was the fourth and final single from that album, as well. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that was a hell of an album uh, with a, um, at the time, wasn't very controversial cover, was it? Now it's controversial because it's kid porn. I mean, I wouldn't say porn. It's it's art. Art and porn. There's a blurry line there. For those that don't know that these kids that are playing Fortnite that don't have albums, uh, this album cover has a, a kid, a little baby, maybe? I don't know. Uh, underwater chasing a dollar bill. But in the photo... You can see his dangly bits. <laughs> yep, yep, the old dangly parts there. Just dangly floating. parts, that's, yeah. <laughs> dangly bits, though, that's a good one. Yeah, well, that's that's my British interpretation, because this was only released in, in Europe, so. Yeah. So, so yeah, Kurt Cobain, a, huh? Yeah. What a rock star. You know, I've had a, I've had a sort of a, hate relationship with Nirvana for all these years. I just, it wasn't the band that I really dug like the most. Um, they were, that album was huge. And it, I mean, I remember on, I think it was on a new year's Eve show when they, they played something and I was like, wow, at least the eighties are dead, you know, cause I, I didn't like eighties music. Um, but man, oh man, I, you know, the, the album itself, I was always kind of like hit and miss. Like I, I listened to it, but, and I owned it. But I didn't listen to it nonstop. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, 
I was more of a casual fan myself. I don't even think I ever owned the CD, to be honest. Um, you know, it's basically just just what was on the radio. Um, I've never necessarily disliked Nirvana, um, but I never got into them personally. Um, I enjoyed most of what I heard. Yeah. I really liked their uh, the Unplugged album. You know, that was a fun. Oh yeah, I think the MTV Unplugged that that they used to do. And then they had uh, yeah. had some good covers on there too themselves. So, yeah, I've got to listen to the Unplugged album again. Um, again, it was one of those ones. I think I owned that one as well. Um, but um, but thinking, uh, speaking of uh, things everybody hates, uh, Courtney Love uh, thinks that the uh, In Bloom should have been the first single uh, release because she feels it's a far better song than Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, but Courtney Love is a whack job so <laughs> who knows yeah yeah i don't know i mean maybe she had, did she have some sort of uh writing in the song or anything like that like no no i just think she's a bitch that ever wants to say whatever she wants to say and she i don't know i just she seems so we're crazy. alienating courtney, courtney love from our podcast <laughs> yeah I, I no actually i think we're, we're picking up more viewers or i think it's a net gain because i think there's other people <laughs> that are like that lady is crazy yeah yeah so uh it is um in bloom is uh by rock uh rolling stone magazine um says it's one of the greatest rock songs of all time so it's this is this is a quite the um endorsement by rolling stone magazine but you know again you get smells like teen spirit uh and come as you are uh bookending the song on the album because it's the second song on the album so gosh dang I mean, that's quite the trifecta. Smells like Teen Spirit, In Bloom, Come As You Are. Yeah. So, and this is actually the second recording of In Bloom that you hear on the album. Did you know that? Really? No, I didn't. The first yeah. one just got scrapped? or Yeah, so the first time uh, they recorded this, um, they were in Chicago, and David Grohl was not a part of the band at the time. There was uh, the original Nirvana drummer, Chad Channing. Uh, he actually was the drummer the first time they recorded it. Um, and you can actually hear uh, the original recording. If you go to YouTube and look up In Bloom original or whatever, you can hear that recording uh, as it was done. It's pretty much the same. Hmm. It's, it's very close. Let me say that. Um, like the, the guitars are very similar. The um, there's no harmonies. There's no Dave Dave Grohl harmonies in the in the chorus. Um, and the the toms, like when the guys playing the tom toms, uh, they're they're sort of if they're looser, like like Courtney Love. They're very loose. <laughs> Interesting. No, I didn't. I didn't know that. I also didn't know that fact about Dave Grohl. So. So basically, did he come on and was Dave on all the tracks on Nevermind, or was was Chad on some of them? Yeah, no, no, it was uh, it was all David Grohl. So what they did is they recorded a bunch of the songs. I think it was an EP in Chicago, and I don't think that they liked it or something. Oh, they changed record labels. That's what it was. Um, the original one was Sub Pop, which was a um, you know sort of a grunge label. I guess, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, 
And then they wanted to re-record it when they were signed. And they, they actually recorded at a place called Sound City Studios uh, in uh, L.A. And they basically re-recorded the whole album with David Grohl. Um, and this Chad Channing guy um, left because of creative differences. It's not Probably not his best career move, just throwing it out there. No, no. Now I, I don't know what Chad's doing nowadays. I didn't know about Chad until today, so what... <laughs> How would I know what he's doing nowadays? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so yeah, they re-recorded it. And uh, the song, uh, David Grohl says, yeah, I kind of just was faithful to the original. Um, and it was the first song that they recorded uh, on, for Nevermind, like the new, the, the new version of it. Um, and the, the producer, his name's Butch Vig. He's a kick-ass producer. Um, yeah, drummer they, from Garbage. Uh, yeah. As well. Yeah. Another Courtney Love tie-in, right? I bet you, I bet you he <laughs> fucking hates Courtney Love. He's like that bitch. Oh wait, no, she's not a part of garbage, is she? No, she was whole. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So no, but I mean, I'm sure she and Butch met each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Butch has got like a horribly ugly mustache. He's got to let that go. He's he's got no, you know. Charlie mustache, like you do. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I'm glad you weren't putting a dig at me. So, no, no, you have a very nice and so does Sturgill Simpson. Uh, he's got a nice looking mustache <laughs> in this picture that I'm looking at over here too. Um, but uh, no, Sound City Studios. Um, one of the things that made it real kick ass was the the drum sounds that you can get there. Uh, that was like one of the key things, and I guess in recording studios, getting great drum sounds is is kind of a tough thing to do. Um, but I guess at Sound City Studios, um, they've got this drum room and the way they mic it there, just the reverb and everything sounds great. Um, there's a whole documentary on on Sound City Studios, and uh, David Grohl actually produced it and filmed the documentary. So it's cool. Nice. Yeah, nice. I like yeah. how you call him David. Like, like you just you're just being very proper. Well, I don't know him. We're not we're not on short name basis. I'm sure if he refers to me, he's like Nicholas. Yeah, you know? probably. He <laughs> seems like a respectful man. Yeah. So it's does, Butch Vig does everybody also produced some Foo Fighters. I, Foo Fight. I don't know. I was I always thought it was Dave Grohl, but maybe it is David Grohl. I've just been disrespecting him this whole time. Hmm. I wonder. I got his book over there. I bet you. I bet you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with David, man. I'm gonna go with David. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll stick with David. So Butch Vig produced <laughs> uh, some Foo Fighter stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the later Foo Fighters. I think one of them was kind of a greatest hits thing, and I think I think it may have done an actual album as well. But but yeah, Butch Vig nice. has done a lot. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Jimmy Eat World. I know. Green Day, so a lot of big names. Jimmy Eat World, I so I knew he did. I knew he did the um, Pumpkins, and I think he did Siamese Dream and Gish, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. He also. I, I forgot. I have a note here. He also did a uh, House of Pain. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it might have been the one with their their uh, jump around song or whatever. Really? That was it. Yeah. I think nice. so. Nice. <laughs> Man, what what a career this dude's had. I mean, doing a greatest hits album, I mean, come on. What do you do? Just select the songs? <laughs> I mean, 
who knows maybe they maybe they re-recorded some um but yeah that would be a pretty sweet gig just to be like yep we'll pick these ones they sounded good the first time so put a producer credit on there i'll take i'll take my check yeah he's like hey dave get in here and then he you know mr girl comes in and is like you call me david <laughs> look at this lineup of songs oh man uh so well, i did see a i saw a documentary on um they had the smashing pumpkins and uh oh what's his name uh billy corgan Cor- yeah, mm-hmm. billy corgan he was saying that um william butch Vi- I, I uh, well, yeah me and billy are close we're tight we're bros <laughs> Uh, he, he, uh, he was saying that he was worried that, uh, when Butch Vig, um, recorded Nirvana, that he was going to get so big that he wouldn't be able to do their, uh, album, uh, Siamese Dream. Uh, I think it was Siamese Dream. And, um, luckily he did because that's a hell of an album. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully he, hopefully he actually did Siamese Dream. Otherwise we're giving all these, these <laughs> millions of listeners that we have the wrong facts. They could fact check and yell at us. Yeah. We should, we should put a little, um, thing at the end of this that uh that that absolves us of any false information <laughs> no <laughs> slander opinions, here the views and opinions of under the cover contest are now reflected. <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing that's cool about in bloom was uh the video uh, have, yes. have, you, have, have you checked out the video lately yeah i haven't watched it lately actually i you know some of the research i did mention the video but i can uh i can recall seeing it them and dresses and jamming out like a like a happy days kind of vibe yeah. to the video yeah they wanted it to look like a 50s live television um and uh they so they actually used uh vintage equipment to film it so they used an old kinescope camera uh which is what they really filmed things with in the 50s um and the way it works is uh uh, a guy introduces them. Doug Llewellyn from the People's Court actually introduces them on on the show, and then they perform in the song. Uh, and uh, Chris Novoselic cut his hair for the video, and he liked it so much he kept it afterwards. So after that, he always had short hair. Nice, nice. Yeah, sometimes the change is good. Oh yeah. And Kurt, uh, when he was concepting the video with the producer, director, whoever it is, um, said he wanted to show uh, Nirvana's humorous side. That's that's why they that's why they did that. So they were just yeah. some swell guys cutting up. <laughs> well, and that the the song itself is you know kind of humorous in a way um, because of the way you know the lyrics are uh, kind of Kurt poking fun at you know, his music getting popular and the people just singing along to it without really yeah. without really thinking about what the song means. They're just singing along to a nice, happy poppy tune. Grungy <laughs> poppy tune. <laughs> a grungy poppy tune. You know, the the one thing uh, I did read too is that there there was a remix that was actually used for the video, um, but but I, I couldn't pick out the differences uh, in there. But there was a bunch of yelling and screaming like the the girls in the audience over the video the whole time so you maybe i just couldn't hear it so okay yeah yeah i mean you think about it too i mean they, these guys are just like kids when they're recording this stuff like yeah it's kind of crazy to think about um just little, you know, little kids. all they produced and and all the music they made while they were so i mean it, it still happens to this day it's not like it's 
it's not common. It's just crazy to think about when yeah. I'm 40s. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah. You, but, you know, you, you, you're speaking of, uh, of kids. Uh, I was actually, while I was listening to this, um, Butch Vig uh, had to um, tell David Grohl, or not David Grohl, but um, uh, Kurt Cobain to to double track his voice in the in the studio. Which means, uh, for those that don't know, sometimes they sing sing a line and then to double track it, they sing the exact same line in the same notes because your voice is off a little bit. It sounds fuller. But uh, uh, okay. So one thing that uh, was sort of interesting. What what are you laughing at? Oh. Uh, just technical difficulties. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should probably say that. So who knows where this is going to get picked up here? We, we've we had technical difficulties today. So um, so we were talking about some of the recording that they did here. And um, Butch Vig uh, had to convince uh, Kurt Cobain to do a double track of his voice to f- make it fuller during the chorus. Uh, and what double tracking is, is uh, when you go into a recording studio, you sing a line. Um, and then you sing the same exact line over again, same notes and everything. But because your voice is off a little bit, it makes it sound fuller. Um, and the way Butch told him to do that was, uh, he said, well, because John Lennon did it, you should be able to do it too. And so I guess that uh, Mr. Cobain, Curtis Cobain, was like, word, I guess I'll do it that way too, dude. <laughs> That's an actual quote, by the way. I found that that was a, the word stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Uh <laughs> Was his birth name Curtis? I don't know. I don't know what his name is. Curtis. I'm never gonna. I'm. I'm probably never gonna like look at it at him the same anymore. I I think it takes him off rock star status. We call him Curtis. Um, But the 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 grow harmonies in those that spot too. That that was one of the biggest differences between the Chicago recording and and the. The, the nevermind version that I noticed that was like, oh, you don't have that high harmony thing that David Grohl does. Um so it's 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 pretty cool. Um but uh should we listen to it? Yeah. Yeah let's give it a listen and um and then we'll come back and maybe discuss it for a few more minutes and uh yeah. and go from there. So if you want to listen along we'll we'll link the uh Spotify link uh in the podcast notes, uh, maybe some other links if we're allowed to, to YouTube or whatnot, but, uh, to dirty movies, <laughs> straight up dirty <Okay>. movies. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. All right. That's pretty legit. That is legit. That is a good song. <laughs> that is a good song. The 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 loud, the quiet loud dichotomy is cool. It just it's awesome. Yeah, yeah and you know, really listening to it on headphones uh, really pulls in that David Grohl background vocals for me. Yeah. So if I'm just listening to it, um, you know, on the speakers or doing whatever. I don't necessarily pick up on that stuff. And then when you called it out earlier, I could really, you know, I think I was also listening for it, but, but, uh, I, I dig it, man. That was, yeah. that's good. 
It, it, it is. And, and I think, yeah, I think it's, you, you bring up a good point about listening to, to music, I guess in different ways. Um, you know, you can listen to it in your car and you get some, you know, depending on what kind of system you got in your car, but you also got road noise and, and you, you, you pick out some generalities. Um, and then when we did our first podcast, you know, we were sitting in my, my office with, with pretty good speakers in here, you know, we have it pretty loud, uh, and you pick out different nuances, but then when you put headphones on it, you, you just get the detail of every, every little sonic nuance in there. And that's, I think that's awesome to do. I, I'm glad we're doing this podcast strictly so we can listen to music in different ways than I'm used to, you know, which is, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, with my shitty ear pods or whatever, and, you know, <laughs> in the car. So yeah. Um, the other thing too is the the tom toms of of Mr. Grohl's drums. Uh, they're just so full, and you can hear. Uh, it's almost like you can hear the wood. You know, I mean, it's just it just has that tone that's awesome to me. Um, gosh, they just recorded that so perfect to me. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, that guitar <clears throat> solo, like around the three minute mark, when he just kind of just it's like a perfect like representation of like 90s grunge like right right and and Kurt Cobain wasn't known as like a guitar soloist um there's not a lot of notes in that guitar solo uh but they all mean something it's uh, a buddy guy always said you know make every note count it's not fast it's just it's just aggressive and in your face and kind of like this is this is what we want to say it's not a rehash yeah. of the melody it's just it's just sort of mayhem which is cool yeah yeah it's like a screeching but not in a bad way like you, yeah. you hear like I'm, I'm just trying to find a better word for it because screeching sounds bad but it's just that it's just that you know gives you chills kind of just yeah screech. i don't know how <laughs> else to explain it but yeah and and you know the other thing too is is the song starts off in your face uh mm-hmm. and it, i mean it, it i mean it's just gets going right away and in this day and age people need they they like songs are so filled with stuff that and this was one song that was you know early obviously in in the early 90s that you know but man if 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 you don't get into the song right away you're something's wrong with you you must be Courtney Love or something you know um <laughs> but and then going into that riff which is just it's a simple riff, but it it's effective and um yeah, again, just perfectly crafted song. Uh and then the end, as it goes dun dun and then knowing that the next song is come as you are, it, it there's a great transition there as well. Um mm-hmm. that song selection and that's you know, we know Butch Vig and how he uh he can select songs, right? Because <laughs> yeah. But he yeah, didn't... just the way it just ends abruptly, just yeah. boom. It's done. Yeah. It doesn't fade out. It just boom, done, and then yeah, like you said, just goes right into the next track, um, you, perfectly. You know, I, I love it when songs end. Like I'm not a big fade out guy, uh, and I, not that there's really anything wrong with it. It's just I like songs that just end. It's like, oh, I figured out how to end this thing really kick ass. Um, I don't know. Is that? Do you have a preference one way or the other? Have you ever even thought about it? No, I I, I agree with you. Um, because yeah, it just there are some songs out there that just seems like it just keeps going and going and going. They they just didn't figure out how to end it, and it just kind yeah. of fades out. Um, also, you know, when you get radio play and things like that, a lot of those songs that just kind of fade out, they just get cut before, yeah, before that ends. So 
yeah, I, I, I agree with you uh, for the most part. I, when he, it ends, when it's done, it's done. You know what song probably could have used a fade out? Hey Jude. Cause it's like a gazillion, it's like it's like forty five hours of the na 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 na. Hey Jude, I'm like I got it the first hundred times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the song but, that never ends. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess I get the words wrong on that all the time. But um, but no, what a what a good what a killer version, man. Um, I can see why it has three hundred million views on Spotify. Listens on Spotify. Um, yeah, just obviously an iconic song on an iconic album. So mm-hmm. can't, can't go wrong there um, at all. So then you got, you got Sturgill Simpson's version. Yeah. Sturgill Simpson recorded it. Um, totally different. Completely different. Yeah. Uh, completely different. <laughs> um, I mean, if you didn't know the song, you wouldn't know it was a cover. Like yeah, if you didn't, yeah. and I'll tell realize, you this: uh, yeah. this you could just play this album, his album. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry, I lost you. What? No, I lost it. <laughs> no, I said if you just played a Sailor's Guide to Earth and didn't even think twice about it, you wouldn't know it was a Nirvana cover. Right, right, exactly. And and this song w- was sort of my entry point into Sturgill Simpson's sound and everything he was about. And I, and I think that that's probably, you know, for an artist is probably a good thing to get new listeners. Cause I remember, I don't know how I've ever stumbled across it, but I was like, Holy shit. I, again, I liked in bloom. I liked net, you know, Nirvana. Uh, but then I heard this and I'm like, wow, this is, this is something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so, uh, they used it in a soundtrack for the movie The Dead Don't Die. It was a kind of a horror comedy about zombies with Bill Murray, Adam Driver. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, he was actually in it, too. He's been in a few things. Uh, There's a bunch of famous people in that movie. Iggy Pop, Tom Waits, uh, Rizzo from the Wu-Tang Clan. They were all like zombies. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good movie. It was, Nice. So it came out. I, I've never heard of the movie. Like, like literally, never even heard of it. Yeah, it was. I, I don't. I don't think it was like a big, big budget thing. It was, but it had big stars. Like I said, uh, Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Uh, I think the woman in it was Chloe Savigny. I don't know. If that's nearly how to pronounce her name. She's but, Swedish. Uh, possibly. Sounds I've like never it. never seen her eat meatballs, but that doesn't mean she's not Swedish. <laughs> of course, of course. There we go. Coming back around to the Swedish meatballs. <laughs> so, when was this album recorded? Uh, it was recorded in 2016. Uh, a Sailor's Guide to Earth. Um, the song was released on March 24th of that same year, um, and it's a. Uh, it was it was recorded as a something to his son that uh, like a like a a guide to life for his son uh and yeah. his wife has a a song on that too on the same album or it was sarah or something like that not sarah the sarah, sarah. <laughs> i hate that song by the way we're never going to do that song on this podcast i'm okay with that <laughs> but uh 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, on uh, according to uh, Metacritic, the album has received an average score of 86, which in- indicates that it has universal acclaim. Nice. Oh, is no. that out of is that out of 100? Yeah, that's like a B. I it's thought a it good 80, B. it's a good B, but uh, but I guess and it was funny because uh, I should uh, note that uh, there was 19 reviews on this thing so out of the 19 reviews it's known as a universally acclaimed album so you got on one hand we got Nevermind, which is widely known as one of the greatest albums of all time and then you got 19 people that are on this other website this one time someday said this is a universally wonderful album yeah well it did win a grammy yeah for the best country album and yeah. uh album of the year by the americana music awards so nice yeah, nice. so it was, uh, it was a, I think those 18 people, there's more than 18, but uh, oh, yeah. that liked it, probably. It's a, it is a solid album, front to back, and, and you know, I listening to the song In Bloom in context, uh, it's 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 a great position, it, it's, it's, it's awesome, I love the way they've done that. Um, when they recorded this album, they recorded it live in the studio, so um, we talk about the recording, and, and heck, we talked about the the sub pop and the overtone or the uh, double tracking voices when they record the album live in the studio. It's just that they are, all the musicians are in a recording studio, sometimes in separate rooms, but they, they record it all in one take. Um, if they don't like that take, they um, either re-record the whole thing or splice in just like the second half or something like that. So this song, uh, you know, with the ambiance that it has, as we listen, as you listen to it, is pretty remarkable the soundscape that they created live um, without mm. any sort of crazy studio trickery. Yeah. They got, they got horns in it. They got strings in it. Uh, you know, Sturgill Simpson's voice in it is, is smooth like butter. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And you, you brought up the horns and you know, uh, I, I don't know if you've picked it out, but in that solo section, there's a killer uh, flugelhorn uh, in there and the flugelhorn, you know, for those that don't know, it's, it's a valved bugle, uh, that resembles a trumpet, but it's a little larger and it has a more conical bore than a trumpet, but not quite as much as a French horn. It was developed in Germany in the early 19th century and Hendrik Stolzl bought the very first one in 1828. And it's nice cause it goes into a nice B flat tuning, but I think on this song, they actually use one of the C tuned flugelhorns. And it's a bit more mellow and darker than a trumpet. I just think it was a wonderful choice of an instrument for the flugelhorn versus the trumpet. What do you think about that subject? Uh, I didn't know we were going to flugelhorn school today, but uh, so, so this, <laughs> this is all news to me. Uh, very interesting fact. I, I love your deep dive into the flugelhorns. That's a hard word to say. Oh, um, yeah. But well, I'm creating a, a good of- old Deutschland. <laughs> I'm a big uh, big fan of flugelhorns, you know. You, you got to you got to be a good flugelhornist uh to uh to to put a song like this and put a solo on it. Oh, it's just it's just amazing. Makes my so makes my nipples had... <laughs> Makes my nipples hard. Makes my nipples very hard. Is that because of the extra hole it has in it? Yeah, yes, that's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, yeah. So the flugelhorn, see? You get you get, get good information off this podcast. Yes. Now, who played the flugelhorn on this song? I I don't know. I don't know who. 
I could just hear it. Just, just okay. when I, when I right. listened to it in earphones, I was like, that's just, not a trumpet. That's not, that's not a French horn. I bet you that's the good old flugelhorn. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll listen for that when I, uh, when we play the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, also, uh, changes, <clears throat> changes some of the lyrics in the song. Did so he? In, yeah. Yeah. So instead of saying, uh, that part where he goes, but he know, uh, in Nirvana, but he don't know what it means. Don't know what it means or, but he knows not what it means, knows not what it means. Yeah. And I say, yeah. Sergio's changed it to, but he don't know what it means. Don't know what it means to love someone, and so he just ah, I mean, so he changed that lyric. I think all the rest are the same, but I think he he changed that and and almost changed the meaning of the song from like a song picking on the crowd that's just singing along to your song to yeah. he he changed it more to a song about growth life and love and just kind of like you you had mentioned earlier with the whole theme of the whole album was for his son right so i think i think respectfully he 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 changed it um i don't think he he ruined the song by any means by changing any of the lyrics and yeah, just something I, that, that stuck out to me it kind of kind of changed the whole meaning of the song in my opinion you know it's funny because i guess i subconsciously always thought it said to love someone I, I i maybe maybe yeah i always thought that that was the lyrics so uh yeah, that's interesting that's really interesting actually um the success of uh sailor's uh guide to life Wernie. uh what is it called what's the yes guide to earth there you go um <laughs> i don't even know what album we're listening to now so um <laughs> it got him a uh opening slot on a Guns N' Roses tour. Now, now I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I'm a pretty big Guns N' Roses fan, and I know a lot of Guns N' Roses fans. Uh, but I think that they'd be rather shocked if they go, you know, smoking meth and getting some whiskeys, and then going into the Guns N' Roses uh, concert and doing like, let's see this opening guy, but she's gonna thrash. And then Sturgill Simpson comes out and does a song like In Bloom. You know, they're gonna be like, yeah. Uh, Sturgill can 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 definitely, you know, rock and roll too. Like some of his stuff is pretty pretty heavy heavy country rock. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got this EP uh, called Sound and Fury. Oh and yeah, it, uh, it was released you know a few years after this album we're talking about. But uh, he also they they made a anime like on Netflix. It was like, I think it was a Netflix only special and it's really? the whole album playing to like this kind of apocalyptic cars, like just big muscle cars and explosions. And <laughs> it probably has a lot deeper meaning than, than anything I've taken from it, but it, but it rocks. Nice. Um, worth he, the watch. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Um, you know, yeah, he does. He, he does have some, some rocking tracks. He's got a couple bluegrass albums, I think too. And, um, but, but this album in particular, it, you know, with his voice and you brought that up earlier about like how, especially in this song, it's very, very present. It's very, very close to you. It feels like they're almost like he's singing almost like right in your ear. Um, but his, his voice to me 
and and pretty much the whole entire music on this. This is the type of like country music I dig. It's 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 sort of like old country, not not this mm-hmm. you know stuff that they got going on today. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's uh, you know this thing. I mean, if anybody, if you haven't checked this album out, start to finish, it's it's definitely worthwhile. So. And it was engineered by a guy named David Ferguson, who um, he in, in engineering when you record stuff is like how they actually uh, place the microphones and and adjust all the all the dials and stuff that you got there. And he um, was a guy that works with Rick Rubin all the time. Um, they, they 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 do a lot of albums together. Rick Rubin's one of the um, most highly well respected producers of all time. Um, yeah, he looks but, cool too. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> looks like a badass. And this David, yeah, this David Ferguson looks like look like a book nerd. I mean, big time. <laughs> but the thing is, is his albums, like you know, I mean, in, in this one here, it just sonically is done so well. I mean, you can hear every every note and every nuance of every instrument, like like the good old flugelhorn, you know. So <laughs> can't forget about that flugelhorn. No, nope, we nope, should I'm listen a- to it. Because I'm I'm gonna listen for that flugelhorn now. Yeah, yeah, we can listen to it. So, uh, yeah, so song clocks in at four minutes, uh, right on the button. Thirty-two point five million Spotify spins. Um, and you know what's funny is, uh, it, it's it's four minutes, so it's a little shorter than the uh, Nirvana version. Um, but the funny thing is, it's slower. And you, to me, the Nirvana one is oddly long um for 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 what it is you think it's a lot shorter you think that that's like a two and a half minute song when you listen to this song it feels oddly long uh especially as we get to the end of it so let's uh let's give it a spin and and we'll we'll talk about it in a few minutes here all right here we go woo flugelhorn <laughs> flugelhorn in it up <laughs> so so you think that's a, a pedal steel in that song, right? Not just a lap steel, like the way that's, they. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's got to be a pedal. I yeah. love that sound, man. Just uh, it, it, oh, it gives it, me chills. It does. Uh, it's funny you said that because at that, so the the song kind of fades out there for a long time. Like it's not even fade out; it just kind of has a, seat, yeah. a soundscape. Um, and there's this this sound at three thirty five. I think it's the pedal steel where it just kind of goes. Like and it's just this cool little thing, and I'm like, gosh dang! I mean, that you're right. It gives you chills. It's yeah, it's so yeah, cool, it, man. His vocals also. I mean, like I say, you you just listen to a song sometimes, and especially if you're just really listening to it in headphones, like we were describing earlier. And I just get you know chills, goosebumps on my neck. That that's that's one of them right there. That was, yeah. You know, in the very beginning, in the beginning of the song, it, when you listen to it with headphones, you can hear like the moisture on his lips or in, in his tongue and stuff. I mean, that's how close it feels to to your hearing him, you know. And and again, that's that engineering and and the, the ambiance that they did when they recorded it. And you know, where where the Nirvana version it had loud and soft uh, by like raging guitars and then kind of quiet spots. You know, here the loud and soft is kind of done in a different way. It's sort of like your your voice. His voice is so present and right there, but it's also sort of soft in a way. You know, until mm-hmm. he gets obviously loud in the you know climax of the song and whatnot. So, um, but man, they yeah, it just the 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 quality of recording is is second to none. 
probably one yeah. of the best I've ever heard. Yeah, and to have that done live in studio is is awesome. But I, I do love the build-ups in that song, like you had yeah. mentioned. Like, I mean, the first half of the song is just straight up, just quiet, just chill in your face. And, and then there's there's the few build-ups where the flugelhorn comes in, <laughs> things like that. Um, but yeah, and then that build-up right at, you know, 30 seconds before the song ends. Just kind of like how Nirvana's version just ended. Yeah. Sturgill kept it going for another 30 seconds and just kind of had like a, a lullaby to lull you back into relaxation after that, yeah. that real buildup. Yeah. And it's, it segues into the song, uh, from the, from sea stories, uh, and then obviously mm-hmm. the song and, but it, it sort of kind of segues out as well. But again, I don't feel like this is a fade out. Like I, I feel like it's a soundscape. Um, yeah. And, I think and I, that's how the whole album is. They all just the the album. It's this is one of those albums that it's good just to listen to it as an album, yeah. Because they they flow into each other. I wonder how how they recorded because the end is is musical, uh, but it's also like people are just kind of interpretive dancing, so to speak. And I wonder how like I mean, in the studios, he's looking around at these guys like, hey cellist go ahead and do something there or pedal steel guy or i wonder how they did that you know um or they could have just taken a hundred takes of it and then been like this is how we're going to do it i mean but it's just yeah. it's it's very fluid so but it's musical very musical so uh yeah so that, let's that's let's a... talk about this you're you're on a desert you're on it you're on a desert island right and you got to pick one you got to kick the other one off the island this is this is song survivor another podcast we could do song survivor (laughs) yeah oh dear well i went first last time oh okay yeah i'll go first i'll go first this time so uh Uh, again we yes we're we're, uh, it's jeff jeff probes (laughs) (laughs) he's got a great chin (laughs) Yeah, you ever looked at his chin and jawline? It's one of those dimples or something. Or I'm trying to picture his face right now. Oh yeah, he's got. Du- I'll have to Google it later. He's got dimples too. He's a good. He's a good looking dude. I'd snuggle him. Um. So yeah, <laughs> which one am I gonna? Which one am I gonna go for? For uh, neck and neck here again. Uh, you know, we. I'm sure there's gonna be songs that we do where it's like, you know, I just hate one song or not hate it, but just don't really like one. Um. But on this one again, it's like, gosh dang, they're both great. It's almost a coin flip. Um, my my pros for Nirvana is they made it, they recorded it, like they wrote it. Um, as I've said before, raging guitars typically win for me. So raging guitars all over the place, and it's literally one of the most popular grunge songs of all time. Um, then Sturgill, I I got his as a total reinvention. It's almost like he rewrote the entire song. I mean, it, it, it's it's sort of his own. Moody as hell. Um, and great uh, for casual listening. Uh, if it's not, not doesn't wear on your ears, ears much. So um, I'm going to go with Sturgill on this one here. Um, I think it's mainly because I heard the Nirvana one the 299 million times that uh, Spotify has done that. But uh, I... I don't hear anything new in that song at this point because I've heard it so much. And Sturgill, I feel like every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, there's a nuance there that I didn't pick up on another time. So it still feels funky fresh to me. 
Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm going to Sergio's. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. With the, you know, you hear a song enough and it could be an amazing, brilliant song, but you hear it enough and it just doesn't doesn't hit you, doesn't get that serotonin flowing in your brain. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, uh, interesting. I actually thought you were going to go with Nirvana. Um, so that was a surprise to me. Um, and if we are, you know, saying the whole desert island, you got this song, only one version of it. I'm going with Sturgill as well. Um, I love the original version. It's, it's, it's rock and roll. It's grunge. It's in your face. Um, it's familiar. It feels good to hear it. However, to its detriment, it's also familiar, you know, and, and to your exact point, you listen to Sturgill's version and he totally reinvented it. Um, like I had mentioned earlier, I, I feel like he made it a completely different song by changing just a couple lyrics. Um, and, and just, just all the, the production quality, all the flugelhorns. I'm going with Sturgill as well. Nice. 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 Well, that's, that's great. I was, like I say, I was surprised. I, I honestly, going into today, I thought I would pick Nirvana and you. But, so this was, this was a surprise for me. It's, it's real neck and neck for me. Um, I, I listened to these two songs probably 20 times each on the way back from Phoenix this week. And, you know, again, it was, they're, they're both just awesome. Uh, and, and again, recording quality, I, they all have their own, um, things that you'll love about them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, again, like I said, mine was more about being, being sort of fresh, um, that, that kind of put me in the in that category. I going into this, I thought it was going to be Nirvana. Um, honestly, yeah, I think we, uh, I think listening to it so many times changed both our minds because we're on the same page there. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, well, cool, man. Well, hey, I got one last fun fact. Um, I want to. Um, did you know? Did you know that Kirk Cobain's eyes are blue? One blue to the left, and one blue to the right. Oh God. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah. uh, wolf. Oh yeah, that was a deep. That was a deep. I uh, yeah. So for those that uh, don't know the, the joke, uh, look it up on the internet. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, we appreciate y'all listening today. Yeah. Do you want to uh, give another plug to our sponsor, um, Joey Legato's? Oh. What? <laughs> no, it's Joy Lawrence's. Oh, blossom, blossoms, flower seeds by Joy Lawrence. Nice. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where every bloom is. Whoa. <laughs> we appreciate the sponsorship. Uh, we appreciate all your comments and feedback, and uh, everybody who's listening, watching, whatever, wherever you are. Yeah, and uh, we want to know what you guys think, too. Uh, vote in the comments and let us know. Uh, also, let us know feedback on the podcast. We want to make this better and, and continue to grow. So if there's things that you like about it or things you don't, let us know. Um, and uh, we appreciate everybody's listening. Yeah, we'll be back soon. Uh, a little teaser for next episode. It's uh, it's getting to be Christmas time, so uh, we'll oh, yeah. a Christmas theme song. So stay yeah. stay tuned for that. 
Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Over and out. Well, you all have a good one. Well, go Lions. Uh,